Welcome! You're listening to audio of Bible teaching from Island Community Church in downtown Memphis, Tennessee. At ICC, we are being transformed by Jesus to impact our world. Wherever you are as you listen today, we want you to know that we love and appreciate you. We're so glad you're here. We hope today's message will help you grow in relationship with Jesus. You can access more gospel resources and ways to connect with our church at iccmemphis.com. Thanks again for joining us. Good morning, everybody. Amen to that video. That was sweet. We should just play that a few times. How are y'all doing this morning? Good to see y'all. Like Matthew said, thanks for braving the dark, rainy morning when you want to stay in bed. Let's just be honest. You want to. Uh, but you got up and you're here, and it's good to be together as the church this morning, as a church family. Hey, my name is Mitchell. If I don't know you, um, I get to serve as our associate pastor of discipleship here at ICC, and uh, this morning, I have the unique uh, opportunity to get to just lead us uh, in learning from God's Word. Um, really grateful and humbled just for the opportunity to serve in this way this morning uh, under the leadership of our elder team. I want to remind you to keep praying for Barrett, our lead pastor, as he's on sabbatical and uh, being refreshed and hearing from God in new ways, uh, undoubtedly, which we're excited uh, to hear soon, here in really just a few weeks when he gets back. So, um, y'all, this morning uh, is, well, I think we always think this, but this morning is really important. Hopefully we think that every, every Sunday when we gather for worship, but uh, I really do believe that. Um, this is what today's all about. So you may know um, as part of our, if you're familiar with our, our church vision, we have, we call it Vision 2025, Vision for the Next Few Years. And uh, one of the four primary visions for our church in this next year is to see 100% of our members committed to this daily time with God. We uh, are articulating it in the vision as daily prayer, but this encapsulates what we mean by that. We mean daily seeking to spend time in God's presence. Guys, this is, um, you could say, this is kind of the, the, <laughs> the beginning and end of the Christian life is <laughs> learning to seek God, right? I mean, we know from, from really all of Scripture uh, that God has always desired to be present with his people, to have relationship with his people. You, you see it in many different ways all throughout the Bible. And his intention for his people is that as we live in relationship with him, we live in a state of like continually seeking and finding more of him. It's amazing. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. This is not a... Um, it, it's, it's a relationship, right? This is, we're not primarily talking about like religious routines or activities. I don't know what you feel when we bring this up. You, I don't know where you're at, right? We're all on a journey. Um, and you may be in a place where you're just now starting to figure out what it looks like to do this. You may be in a place where um, you're thriving in this and you just want to keep going deeper. That's awesome. You may be somewhere in between where you've had seasons of thriving in your like daily relationship with God and, and connecting with him and spending time with him, but you've kind of gotten off track and you, you, you really want to re return to that. Um, so I don't know exactly where you're at. I wanna just 
puts you at ease. Like today is not about performance. Today's not about um, checking boxes. Today's not about being a good Christian. <laughs> Today is truly about this. And that's what, why we're using that language, spending daily time in God's presence. God's invitation is to himself. His invitation for us is to come to him and know him and experience him. And that's a lot, to be honest, that's a lot more exciting than um, routines. Do y'all agree? It's a lot more exciting than doing the things we're supposed to do. Um, and that's not primarily what this is about. Discipline has a place in this, but it's not primarily what this is about. So I want to focus. Here's kind of how this morning is going to work. It's going to be similar to what we've been doing. For the, first, for the next about 20 minutes, we're going to focus together um, on kind of the heart and vision behind this, okay? We won't be in, it'll be a little different. It won't be like in a main passage of Scripture. A lot of the things we're talking about are themes that run throughout Scripture. I'd encourage you to like write down references and kind of keep track of what you want to go back and explore later. That would actually be a great follow-up kind of homework exercise today. Um, but if you will, go ahead and turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Psalms. Um, Psalms are a great place to start. Matthew just read to us from Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is a beautiful psalm. It's the, it's the longest chapter in the Bible. It's kind of right in the middle of your Bible, and it, it's, a, it's a, all about the Bible. <laughs> it's a psalm of worship for God's Word. It's really beautiful. Um, but just start, go ahead and turn to Psalm 27. We're going to kind of jump around a little bit. Like I said, just take some notes, keep track of where we are, and this is something you can go back and dig into more later. But um, Psalm 27 is a beautiful psalm. It's really all about seeking God's presence. You may be familiar with verse 4. David says, One thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. David's saying, the, really the one thing, if I'm going to ask you for anything, God, it's just to be in your presence. That's what he means by dwell in the house of the Lord. Later on uh, in verse 8, David says uh, to God, you have said, seek my face. And my heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. So he's describing this, that relationship I was just describing, that uh, God desires to have with his people. A relationship of seeking and finding. We see this in other places. Jeremiah 29, verse 13, you may be familiar with. God just says this directly through the prophet Jeremiah to the people of Israel. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. This is my plan for you, is that you seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So like I said, our, our invitation, guys, is to come into God's presence regularly, even daily. Now, I want to help bring some clarity. I know that there may be some different like ideas that we're bringing in when I say something like God's presence. Um, so I want to just give you some handles here, really simple handles on what this means. Um, so there are really essentially three main ways that the Bible talks about God's presence. They don't necessarily use these words and there are probably other ways to describe this to, or to explain it, but um, I think it, it, it's helpful. So um, I'm going to take these, well, that's, this is great. Um, there are three ways the Bible talks about God's presence. His inner presence, his omnipresence, and his manifest presence. So when we talk about God's inner presence, what we mean is um, God's presence within his people. Okay, so this is a gospel promise, right, that when we uh, by faith, 
come into right relationship with God by faith in Jesus, right? In the finished work of Jesus, what he's done on our behalf. We come into right relationship with God. The Bible tells us that we are filled with the Holy Spirit, right? The third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit is God. He's God at work in the world today, okay? And that's a guarantee. Like um, it's even, the Holy Spirit is, he's even referred to as a deposit of our future inheritance, um, and so we are, in the moment that we, that we come into relationship with God, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's an abiding presence. Um, so Paul gets at this in 1 Corinthians three sixteen, He says, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? So what Paul is doing, he's, he's bringing some clarity because historically in the Old Testament, God's presence was... Uh, understood to dwell in a particular physical location, the temple, or before that, the tabernacle. And what he's saying, what Paul is explaining, is that God's presence doesn't dwell in a specific geographical location anymore. He dwells where? In, in his people. God's spirit dwells in his people. Even Jesus promised this before he left earth. He promised his disciples. He referred to the spirit of truth. He also called him the helper. He said, you, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And we saw that fulfilled at, at Pentecost when the Spirit came and filled the believers. Okay, so do you all see that? God's inner presence is within his people um, who, through faith in Jesus, are in relationship with him. Now, God's omnipresence, omni is just a prefix that means all, right? So, uh, his omnipresence means that he's present everywhere always, okay? So there's a, another sense of God's presence that um, you just, you can't get away from it. David says this in Psalm 139. He says, where shall I go from your spirit? Where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, kind of the underworld, the realm of the dead, you're there too. So David's just coming to terms with the fact that I can't, <laughs> I can't get away from your presence. Jeremiah 23, 24. Uh, Jeremiah echoes this. God speaking, he asks this kind of rhetorical question. He says, can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him? The obvious answer is what? No. <laughs> Do I not fill heaven and earth, right? As the creator and sustainer of the universe, there's no place in the universe that is void of God's presence, right? This is his omnipresence. Does that make sense? So God is omnipresent and that he's present everywhere always. He's present in his people. But today what I want to focus on is that third one, and that's God's manifest presence. Now you could probably use a you know, different word for this. What we mean by this manifest is like made known, right? Revealed or experienced. God's presence experienced. And maybe you've Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you've had some experience with this. I would, I would imagine you probably have. Sometimes we, we say things like, oh, I, I, I really felt God, right? Really felt God's presence or his spirit. Or I really, um, I really felt God moving or speaking to me. Or I feel, well, sometimes we'll use positional language. I feel really close to God right now. Or I feel like I've drifted kind of far from God. So we, we talk about this in different ways, but what we're getting at is this, that yes, God is present everywhere always, and yes, we know, we're, we're guaranteed and promised that he dwells in us if we are in Christ, but also our experience of his presence can vary. And this is biblical. So I mean, look at um, 
Think about the Exodus story. You may be familiar with this in chapter 33. God says to Moses, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And Moses says back to God, basically, well, good, because if you don't, I'm not going. You know, he's like, I'm only going if you go with me. And God says, I will. I will go with you. This was God's promise to pretty much all the prophets, you know. It was, it was their source of strength and comfort and confidence was God would say, I'm going with you. And, and that, what that means, again, it can't be talking about his omnipresence because that wouldn't make any sense, right? He's already everywhere. But he's saying it in a special way, in a uniquely powerful way. I'm going to be with you and you're going to experience my blessing, my rest, he says here, my peace. You know, the peace of God follows the presence of God. Um, so what this means, and this is... Similar to, I, I mentioned this earlier, but we, we talk about closeness or intimacy sometimes with God. And in some ways, relationship with God is like relationship with a person, right? We can have a relationship that's clearly defined with a person, right? Whether that's a friend or a spouse or a boss or a family member, right? Our relationship is clearly defined, but my experience of that person and that relationship can vary. Right? I get amen. That, that's how relationships work, right? That's the dynamics of relationships. That what, that's what makes relationships complex and also what makes them really wonderful and beautiful, right? Is that there are dynamics to these relationships. And Moses experienced that in a really special way. We can, you can also find like opposite examples of this. So if you think about uh, someone like Cain in Genesis chapter 4, right? Uh, you know, God kind of confronted Cain and said, do you got to like deal with your attitude? You have a choice to make about how you're going to respond to this. Um, and he chose sin and he chose to kill his brother, uh, Abel. And uh, because of that, look at Genesis 4, 16, Cain went away from the presence of the Lord. Jonah, similarly, like uh, it was an issue of obedience, right? God commanded Jonah to go to Nineveh and he didn't want to. <laughs> so it says he rose to flee. Uh, from the presence of the Lord. And uh, you, know, you may know the story of Jonah, how that worked out, right? Like, like God got his attention, right? So we, we can enter and leave and, and move kind of in our relationship to this manifest presence of God. This all started, uh, if you want to kind of look for an origin of this, you could look at uh, Genesis chapter 3. Might be familiar with this story, but uh, this is the where sin first enters the world. So up to this point, Adam and Eve have just experienced unbroken, uninterrupted fellowship with God. They they live and 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 speak and walk with Him. And then there's a moment at the beginning of chapter three where they choose to disobey God. Right? Uh, there was one tree in the garden that they lived that was off limits, and they ate from it. And that, what that signified, it was more than just a simple, it wasn't a mistake. It was uh, their choice to uh, not trust God, <laughs> uh, believing that God was withholding something good from them. So they, they, they sinned by eating of the tree, and immediately their whole relational dynamic shifted with God and with each other, right? Sin leads us to shame, right? And so they hide. They hid from God. They hid from one another. Uh, Genesis 3.8, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. The, Word cool is like the spirit. So they were hiding from the spirit of God. They hid themselves from the presence of the Lord and among the, uh, among the trees of the garden. And then they start hiding themselves from one another and relational dysfunction is born. And, and so 
uh, I know that's, that's, uh, that's the bad news, right? But the good news, this, that's like page three of your Bible, you know? The good news is that the, however other many pages um, are, are really a story of God restoring people to his presence, right? Like that's what God has done. It's what he's done ultimately in Jesus. That's the gospel message is, is yes, that God has made a way for us to come into right relationship with him, but also that we get to live uh, in his presence. Like we get to live in a way where we can daily seek his manifest presence. Now, like I mentioned, does this mean that there are dynamic ebbs and flows in our relationship with God? Of course, that's just the human experience in a broken world, right? But our, our relationship is secure in him, right, through his inner presence, and we know he's, he's we find comfort in his omnipresence, and we find we, there is so much joy to be found as we live in relationship with God in seeking to experience his manifest presence. So that's really what this whole daily time with God is all about. It's about we're seeking his manifest presence. We're, we're seeking to experience God and receive from him the things that we know only he can do in our lives, right? So uh, a good example of this, uh, not example, good illustration of this. So as you're thinking about this, you, I assume you're probably thinking about the things that we do, right? We might call them spiritual disciplines. So the basic things like we're reading the Bible and spending time in prayer and fasting and these different things that we do. You may be someone who journals, right? Different things you do to connect with God. But what I'm, the, the important point here before, later with the panel, we're gonna talk about the practical things, like how we, how we do this. But before we get there, I think it's like of utmost importance that we understand those things are, means not ends, right? So sometimes I'll, I'll be with somebody and I'll ask them, how's your relationship with God? And they'll say, well, I'm doing this Bible reading plan, blah, blah, blah. And I'll say, that's not what I asked you. I said, how's your relationship with God, right? It'd be like saying, hey, Mitchell, how, how's your marriage going? I'd be like, oh, it's good. I cleaned the house yesterday, and, which I didn't. But I did the dishes and I got Kirsten flowers, which I didn't do that either, but I, I'm going to do these things. But, uh, you know, and you would say, okay, but how is y'all's relationship? You know, how are you guys, how are you guys connecting? See, or I, or I could tell you, well, it's good. You know, we got married in April, so we're married. You know, we took, you remember, you, you were there. We, we took vows and we sealed the deal. We tied the knot, so we're married. You say, that's not what I asked you. I asked you, how's your relationship? How, what, what is that like right now? How are you investing there? So all these things that we, we do are means to an end, and the end is experiencing God's presence and his work in our lives. So the illustration that I've used before and I really, I really like, it really helped me, it's from a, a book actually by Donald Whitney. It's called The Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. Pretty famous book on this topic. But he um, starts his book with this. He, he basically says, you know, discipline without delight is drudgery. Discipline without a higher vision for what we're doing these things for is just going through the motions. No wonder nobody can keep it up if, if your heart's not in it, right? So he winds up using this illustration of Zacchaeus. So Luke chapter 19, there's a story of this short little guy, Zacchaeus, and 
Jesus is passing through and Zacchaeus wants to see Jesus. Um, but he doesn't stop there. He doesn't uh, stop at, with the desire. He makes a choice and he goes and climbs a tree, which is weird for an adult to do. But he climbs a tree and watches for Jesus on the path that he's traveling. And what happens is he and Jesus have this incredible encounter and it changes his life. And what, what uh, I'm actually going to quote uh, from this book. What Donald Whitney says is this. He says, think of the spiritual disciplines as ways by which we can spiritually place ourselves in the path of God's grace to seek him. Much like Zacchaeus placed himself physically in Jesus' path and sought him. The Lord, by his spirit, still travels down certain paths, paths that he himself has ordained and revealed in scripture. We call these paths the spiritual disciplines. And if we will place ourselves on these paths and look for him there by faith, we can expect to encounter him. So what he's saying here is that the, the means always lead us to an end. And we must have the end in mind as we approach the means. So if the means are your Bible reading plan for 2022 and uh, a prayer journal, I don't know, okay? I don't know what that looks like for you. We're going to talk about that later. That what's important as we approach those things on a regular basis, on a daily basis, hopefully is that we keep the end in mind. And here's maybe a, a helpful perspective shift. Um, what if you started viewing your daily time with God as, yes, a discipline, but even more importantly, as personal worship? What if you started viewing your daily time with God as an opportunity for you to express love and joy and adoration for God and to experience him. Think about um, like David in Psalm 16, if you want to flip over there, if you're still in Psalms. Psalm 16 ends with this. David says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. David is not describing a quiet time or not like some of us view it. He's not describing a kind of boring, going through the motions, lifeless routine. <laughs> David is saying, here's what he's learned. David has learned that God's presence is the best place for him to be. And so when he gets, when he puts himself in God's presence, he positions himself, right? He makes himself available to God through the things that he knows to do, the things that God has told us to do. He experiences God in a way that leads him to fullness of joy and pleasure that never ends. And it's how he understands the path of life, right? David is saying that he's, he's come to experience God's presence and that's what's driving him in his seeking of God, right? See, God has given us a path to worship. We don't have to, we really don't have to, I know it feels like we are sometimes, but we really don't have to fumble our way through this. God has given us a, a path to his presence and it is through worship. So if you look at a couple of Psalms, Psalm 95 helps us see this. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. Psalm 100, just, you know, about a page over in your Bible. Psalm 100. Similar, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence, how? 
Yeah, okay, with singing. Does it say come into his presence with discipline? Come into his presence with seriousness? Come into his presence ready to learn the Bible, right? Those are all good things. But he says, come into his presence with singing. Gosh, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Like God has, God has shown us the path to his presence. And it is, it's a heart of worship. You know, there are different words being used here. Thanksgiving, praise, singing. But the question is, like, how do you approach God? You know, on a regular basis, on a daily basis. Are you, are you approaching God with a heart of worship? God's not impressed by your discipline. And he's, he doesn't love you less because of your lack thereof. <laughs> what God wants is your heart, right? And, and yes, it takes work. And yes, we must be disciplined. We cannot be lazy. But our work each day is to bring our hearts to God and seek his presence. Rob, uh, our elder Rob, is, is a, a great example of this. He, he'll, he would love to share with you about uh, a few years ago, he was convicted about this, about how he approached God. And uh, if you know Rob, he took action uh, and responded to the conviction. And ever since then, I think it's been about eight years or so, he starts every morning with singing. He sings to the Lord. And you may know this if you've ever shared a room with him on, on a mission trip, you know. He, he sings to the Lord every morning, and he says that helps him to get his heart right before God, to set his heart up for worship. And he said, it's not, he told me, we were talking about this, and he said, you don't have to be a good singer, you know. This is not about your, your inclination towards music or lack thereof. It's about your heart, right? A joyful noise doesn't have to be in the right key, you know what I'm saying? So... Guys, really, um, I'm going to start wrapping up, and we'll we'll probably go ahead and start setting up for uh, the panel. Um, But here's what I want you to see. I want you to see the invitation here. Um, The invitation is to daily approach God with a heart of worship and experience his presence, his manifest presence, his presence that like Jesus walked down the paths of uh, Jericho um, and Zacchaeus saw him and he knew the path he was traveling and he took action to place himself there. We can do that, spiritually speaking. We can do that. And this is what we're actually, yes, we're invited. We're also commanded to do this. This is God's calling to his people, right? Um, it, It makes me think about uh, a teaching of Jesus. So in John chapter 15, towards the end of his time with his disciples, uh, you know, they're walking by a, a, a vine. You know, for us, it may be more uh, helpful to think of a tree, you know, and he says, look, something that's really important for y'all to remember is that I'm like the roots and I'm like the trunk of this tree and you're branches, which is really cool, but you're just branches, right? And so, uh, You've got to stay connected to me. He says, you know, abide in me. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. You're going to shrivel up and die. So whatever growth you want to see in your life, right? I don't know what your goals are for the next year. Whatever progress you want to see in your life, whatever ministry you want to grow in, even this year, um, will never grow 
beyond our ability to just abide in the Lord. You know, this is where it starts, whatever this looks like for you. And that's what I want you to start thinking. So I hope you're, you're seeing the beauty of this and, and hope you have the desire. I hope you're, you're, you have that. The, the second step is discipline. Now, I say second step. Maybe I shouldn't call it a second step. It's the other side of the coin, right? Desire and discipline. They actually work together. As you know, sometimes we're burning with desire for the Lord and our discipline follows. Sometimes we have to push ourselves and we have to discipline ourselves in order to grow our desire for him. So they, they work together. And what we're gonna do, um, we've got three members of our church. Y'all go and come on up. We've got Jim Warburg, Brittany Stegall, and Anna Evans are coming uh, to share with us um, a little bit about what this looks like for them and just give some encouragements uh, to all of us as we do this together. So um, do I sit here? Yeah? Okay. Okay, great. Thanks. Hey, y'all. How y'all doing? Um, let's grab, we'll grab mics for y'all, but um, thank y'all so much for being here and for sharing with us today. Um, here's what I'd like to do in our time is uh, I think first I would love for the three of you to just go, you know, and share for a couple of minutes and um, just share a little bit about kind of your journey with this that we're talking about today, right? Daily time with God, what that's been like and like maybe where you are right now, what this looks like for you practically right now and be, you know, share as personally and as practically as you can. Anna, you want to go first? Um, so I think as I start talking about my journey with um, just spending time with God's presence, I feel like I have to talk about my mom first. Um, growing up as a very young child, some of my first memories are her reading the Bible in the morning and me getting all up in her face trying to distract her because I was, a, and still am, a selfish human, but I was a selfish little human and I wanted all of her attention, um, but she every day spent time with the Lord and I watched her do that. Um, and I didn't know what she was doing, I didn't know why she was doing it, um, but as I got older, I remembered that model that she modeled for me from a very young age and continued to do as I grew up in her house. Um, so an encouragement quickly to moms and dads and even maybe grandmothers if you watch your grandkids. Um, I know based on my mom, um, I know it can be chaotic if you have young ones. It can be chaotic when you're trying to spend time with the Lord. Um, it can look different. It might be loud. It might not be a quiet time. Um, it may just be five minutes, or it may just be one verse. Um, but that investment is important for you, but it's important for your kids, too, because I am a different woman um, and a different person because of that investment that my mom made just by reading her Bible. Um, so in middle school, I started reading the Bible and having um, daily time with God by myself. And I think at first it started more so as just a discipline. Like I knew it was something that I should do and I wanted to do it, but um, I still wasn't really sure um, the dividends that it would produce in my life. I wasn't really sure um, how that discipline would play out for me or how it would really affect my life. But I did it because I knew that I probably should do it. Um, but we know that God's word does not return void. Um, and that discipline started turning into desire because God was transforming my heart as a young girl as I spent time with him. 
He was transforming my heart to know him and to love him and to crave his word. So kind of like Mitchell was saying, it started as just a discipline, um, but God in his sovereignty and in his grace and in um, the, the nature of who he is, by just reading his word and doing little Bible studies, he was transforming my heart to love him and to crave that time with him every day. Um, so then I entered uh, graduate school, kind of fast forwarding a lot, um, entered physical therapy school at UT Health Science Center, and slowly, without even realizing it, my priorities got a little bit off track. Um, I started studying a lot. Um, something that's really important to me is my physical health. So I was spending time to exercise or to work out every day and study a lot because my grades were important to me, but I wasn't um, prioritizing enough my time with the Lord. And for you, that may be something else. It may be studying. It may be sleeping more. It may be social media at night. It may be your favorite show on Netflix or watching a movie. And those things are not bad things. But you will prioritize the things that are really important for you. Um, so as I recognized that void in my life in PT school, I knew I had to make some adjustments. Um, if I wanted to continue working out, I could do that. Um, if you want to continue sleeping eight or nine hours a night, you can do that. But what adjustment can you make so that you're also investing in your spiritual health? Um, so if my physical body is healthy, that's great. But if my spiritual heart and if my spiritual life is not healthy, then really I'm still dying or I'm still suffering. Um, so I made those changes. So it can be simple things. Maybe it's not that you spend an hour every day reading your Bible. If you have that time, great. But maybe it's you meditate on one verse the whole day, write it on your laptop on a sticky note, or maybe you spend your whole commute to work or to school praying, um, or maybe you play the Bible app. It can like uh, read scripture to you out loud or whatever. So maybe you play that on the way to work. It can look different. And it can look different in different seasons of life. Um, but make the necessary adjustments so that somehow you're abiding in his presence and meditating on his word um, in, whatever way, in whatever way that looks like and is sustainable for you. Um, so now, as I'm like out of PT school and I'm working, I know that the most important part of my day is spending time with the Lord. I'm a much better healthcare provider. Um, I'm a better friend, I'm a better wife. Um, um, I see people differently because I set the tone of my day with spending time with God and letting him fill um, every part of who I am and it changes, it changes my moment to moment. That's great. Um, so I'm gonna kind of approach this question a little bit differently because of where I'm at in life right now and looking back on different seasons. So I'm gonna kind of start here and then move back a little bit. Um, I have three kids and one is a two and a half month old and the other two are five and under. So um, right now when I think about spiritual discipline, sometimes I feel like I'm not disciplined at all and like kind of like a fraud for being up here, you know, um, but really like the, the biggest thing that I've like learned over the years since becoming a Christian is that um, our relationship with God is formed and strengthened most when we're in our weakest places. I don't know if you guys feel like you're in a weak place right now, but when you have been, um, you're so much more like open and dependent on God. Maybe you're angry at him too, but like 
you are in a place where you're, you see that you can't do it by yourself and you see that you need the Lord. And so that's kind of what motherhood is like all the time. <laughs> um, and so like I, when I was, before we had kids and before um, when I was single too, like every stage of life has kind of given me a little bit less time to just think about myself. And um, that's a good thing, but it's also challenging. Um, and so uh, I would have like, you know, an hour in the morning to like pray and read the Bible or um, take a whole day off and just like sit in solitude and practice that spiritual discipline. I don't really have a lot of solitude these days, Um, but the really great thing about it is that like my, especially my five-year-old, she is asking a lot of questions and we're homeschooling right now. So we're going through, we're like memorizing scripture together and re, like doing prayer cards together um, with different, like every single need that you can think of. Um, and so as I'm teaching her, God is changing my heart too. It's really simple truths, but it's what my heart needs to depend on him. And when I fail, which if you've seen me around my kids very often, you know that I fail with them and discipline and, and love and patience all the time. Um, but as I fail, I turn that over to the Lord because I'm convicted really quickly, especially when your kids get to the age where they're like, uh, I hope that you apologize for that later, <laughs> which is what they do. Um, so it just puts me in a place of dependence on the Lord and like brokenness over my sin so much more often than when I was single, honestly. Um, and so like my daily walk with the Lord these days is a lot of times listening to the Bible instead of reading it. Um, I might be like nursing my son and reading the Bible in the mornings or listening to a podcast for spiritual growth. Um, I've been doing the Bible recap, which is like a year in the Bible. And I actually did that last year, even though it was didn't feel like I could ever get through it. Um, those are really great things, but the thing that really has shaped me the most is those like moments throughout the day of just saying like, God, I want to know you. I want to be close to you. I want to grow and grow in the spirit um, and turning that over minute by minute. And my kids really help me with that a lot. So, yeah. I'm thinking, you know, what this morning's about is we want to know God. We want to hear from him. And uh, I'm one of those guys who I just absolutely did not know the Lord before I was saved. Came from a dysfunctional family. And um, when a friend, you know, shared the gospel of John with me in this prayer of salvation, you know, I just got so hungry for the truth and started my life, first of all, just reading the Bible. And then when I got married, my my wife, she jokes that the first three years of our marriage, she says she didn't know me at breakfast because I would always read a chapter in the morning. And it took me, by the way, it takes three years to read through the Bible if you do a chapter in the morning at breakfast. You know, and uh, she did rejoice. So the one time she rejoiced when I finished the Bible the first time. <laughs> okay. So, but anyway, um, it really is all about wanting to know him, wanting to experience God in our heart, in our life. In Ephesians 1.13, where it says, um, we're sealed by the Spirit until the day of redemption, you know, that we are sealed in him. We are sealed to him and to experience God. And... Um, so anyway, the two ways that I do that, one is um, through um, structured Bible reading. My, my wife jokes, I'm, very, I'm just very structured on stuff and I approach things that way. You're an engineer, I'm an engineer, but we're both people of God. So the first thing I do is I, I'll read a chapter and I'll ask three questions. It's what does it say? 
what did it say to they, them then, and what does it say to, to me now? And, and the way that I do that is I actually type out every chapter. I'll type out, I'll read a verse and write a thought, and read a verse and write a thought, and then I'll read over those thoughts. And as you read that, then God speaks to you about, like right now I'm in, in Genesis, you know, there's Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, which is an awesome example. You can't find any sin in Joseph. He's a man. I'm sure he's a sinner, but he is one of the few characters you could study who didn't sin. And um, so, but every chapter, I'll write it down and, and, uh, and then come up with thoughts about what God was doing in their lives and what I, how do I apply it to myself. And I tell you, you get a lot of dynamic truth that way. And then to go back and just pick out a date. I've journaled them. To go back to a date, like, like the date my son Jeffrey was born, or the day that my, my dad passed away, or, and see what truths God was bringing out through the scripture that day, you know. Um, the second part, um, and really um, Barrett was preaching when I first came here on desperate dependence, and he says to pray upward, inward, and outward. Well, quiet time is a lot of upward and inward, praising him, learning to know him, and then seeing what he's working in your heart. The second thing to do in my, for me, and I really would challenge you with, is to find your quiet moments. Um, I've been a man with four children. <laughs> I know, so it's, to me, the quiet moments have been when I wake up in the middle of the night and I can't get back to sleep. I take that as a sign from God is that he wants me to talk to him or to just listen and let give him a chance to just talk to me. Um, the other thing that I do um, is I love to do trails. I'll go out to Shelby Forest and I'll walk and I'll think and I'll just give him the things that are on my heart um, or I'll go on a backpacking trip and some of the guys here have been with that. But to, to go aside and just have something to write with and, and just and just sit there and listen to God. And some of my most um, closest times to the Lord have just been in the middle of the wilderness somewhere or on a mountaintop or, and, um, and just, be, just be praying and thinking. And, uh, and yes, it is true, I have, I have sang from the mountaintops I'm, and I sing like Rob, okay? <laughs> it's not very pretty, but it is a joyful noise. Now, just for the record, I didn't say Rob was not a good singer. Just for the record, I know this is being filmed. Well, I've, I've heard Rob. Okay, okay, all right, all right, okay. But Rob is inspirational. <laughs> he is inspirational. So, but anyway, that's, that's the thing to look for, a daily way um, to read your Bible and to really listen for what God is saying to you. And secondly, find um, in your rhythm of life, find those places where you have quiet spots and you can read. Yeah, that's great. Thank y'all so much. I think it's, I don't know about y'all, I think it's always helpful to hear from somebody else who's your friend or you look up to or just someone you know who's in our church and just them sharing honestly about where they're at. You know, each of y'all, each of us, all, we're all in different places and in different stages of life. And um, I think it's really helpful. It may, here's, I think, how I'd like to finish is, so y'all just share kind of personally. If you think about others, what's one thing, what's like the one key encouragement you would give? So what's the one thing you would say, no matter where somebody is on this journey, what's the one thing that you would say is key for, you know, this next year? Like, growing and making progress in this area. Y'all have anything in mind? 
Well, I'll give you a, yeah, one ahead, final Jim. thought. It's kind of not yeah. like a key thing, but you'll get, you can draw from it. Um, I got a text, unexpected text from my daughter this morning, and it showed a picture of her Bible open and her reading, she, where she was reading. And she said, she said, Dad, I so appreciate, I remember waking wow. up in the morning and seeing you and Mom wow. reading the Bible. So wow. just being transparent. Yeah. Being a, a, being a visible student, you spoke to that, Anna, with your mom. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that, Jim. Um, I think my encouragement is um, don't wait for more time or more, more margin in your day because that really never comes. Like you always have other stages of life that are hard in different ways. Um, and so like, like Mitchell was talking about, like our goal is to know God and to be in his presence. And so um, don't put too much pressure on it. Like, the, like definitely be in the word daily. That's going to change you. That's the only way that you're going to grow. Um, but like it might look different in different stages of your life. So don't wait until the perfect circumstances come because they're not going to come. <laughs> um, I think my encouragement would be two things. Um, one, just knowing that God is worthy. Like he is just worthy of our praise and of our time. Um, so knowing just how magnificent he is and how worthy he is causes our heart to fall before him and want to be with him. Um, but two, just a little bit more practically, um, maybe more practically, it is worth it in your life. Like it is one thing, I promise you, I can't make a lot of promises, but I can promise you because the Bible confirms this, that it is one thing in your life that will not fail you or disappoint you or return void. So spending time with God um, is an effort and you may have to change some things in your priorities or change some things in your schedule to make this happen or be creative in ways to make this happen. Um, but I promise you it will not fail you. Um, we see throughout scripture that he, um, like his promises are true and he is faithful and he um, rewards those who seek him. Um, and you will, you will experience that if you pursue and seek him because he promises that. So it is worth it because he's worthy, um, but it won't return void in your life. Thank you all so much for sharing. Can we thank our panel? Yes. <laughs> Guys, we're going to move uh, towards our time of response now uh, we're going to sing more um, and then we'll take communion together but I want to just this is probably obvious but I want to just ask you to consider like what this means for you right so as you look towards this year what would it look like for you to really press in daily to what God has for you I was uh, reminded as as uh we were talking, one of my favorite scriptures is right in the middle of the book of Lamentations, which is not the most popular book of the Bible, but right in the middle of Lamentations 3, Jeremiah writes, uh, this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. So he says, the source of my hope is this, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases and his mercies never come to an end. He says, they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So what that means is that Every single day we wake up, 
no matter how we feel, no matter what our day or night was like before, no matter what's ahead of us that day, God has new mercies for us to meet us right where we are and give us what we need. The invitation is, are we gonna meet him there? Like, are we gonna meet him? Are we gonna seek to spend time in his presence, to be with him, to hear from him, to receive what he has for us each day? Guys, that's, that's the heart of the Christian life. That's where everything starts. Like I said earlier, we will never, we're never more than we are when we're just before God, when we're with God. And so um, I just wanna ask you to consider that. Maybe you've already got a plan in place. Maybe you need some help and just talk to somebody. Like we do this, yes, it's personal, but we do it in community. You know, ask your friend who, who you know maybe does this or ask your community group leader or ask a pastor, an elder, you know, just talk to somebody about it. Like we, we do this together. Um, we, we walk together in this. So uh, just take this time to really pray, really listen um, and consider kind of what, what your next step is uh, in this for this next year. Thank you again for joining us for today's Bible teaching from Island Community Church in downtown Memphis. We want to encourage you to join us in person for worship soon. No podcast can ever replace the good design of God in gathering in person with other believers for worship in a local church. For more gospel resources and ways to connect with ICC, you can visit us at iccmemphis.com. As we close, we offer a prayer of blessing for you from Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Thanks again for joining us.